Do you believe that God wants you healthy? Then join me, Cersei Blue and Gigi Carter on the Healthy For My Purpose podcast, where we help you realize the relationship between your health and your purpose. We share how eating like Daniel can revolutionize your life. Through discussions and interviews, we challenge you to discover the powerful connection between plant-based nutrition, your body, and your faith. It's time. Welcome back to another episode of Healthy for My Purpose. So glad to be back with you another week. Um, just wanted to remind you guys to please go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes. It's free, it's easy. All you have to do is jump over to iTunes, um, look up our podcast, and press the subscribe button. Um, and then that way, every time we get a new episode, you will be notified. Also, in that same spot, if you can go ahead and just write a review, um, this also helps us to reach a larger audience and to widen our reach. So, if you can do that, that would be so great. Also, um, you could also get us at Instagram, Daniel Fast to Healthy Living, um, and let us know your comments, questions, feedback. We would love to hear from you. So today's episode, I'm really excited about it because it's all about movement. Um, last week's episode was really awesome because we talked about um, stripping away the myths about eating plant-based being expensive and just how cheap it can be. And today we wanted to talk about um, getting out there and starting to move your bodies. Um, And so this episode is all about running. I know a lot of times people sometimes get intimidated by running because it seems like something that is so difficult or you have to be in the perfect shape to do it. Um, But this episode is really going to kind of um, give you some insight on what you need to do if something, if you want to um, actually get into the running game, um, no matter where you're starting from. And um, you know, and how you can actually build that into a routine um, for yourself. So this is going to be all about inspiring you to run, girl, run. Um, run physically um, and symbolically run towards getting more physically fit. And so without further ado, let's jump into this episode. Um, we have a really good episode for you guys today. It's Run, Girl, Run. And we have two ladies here, two beautiful ladies who are going to tell you about running. We have Ellen Jones and we have Cassandra Mickens. And they're going to give us the 411 on running, on how to level up on our running game, or even just to start if you're someone who hasn't run it all. Um, we're going to go through it all. And so I'm so excited to have these two wonderful ladies on the show today. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes. Um, Thank you for having us. Know. Yeah, we're, we're so grateful that y'all are taking time out to do this. I want to introduce um, our two guests here. So um, Cassandra Mickens is a former journalist turned corporate communications professional who lives and runs in Birmingham, Alabama. For her 30th birthday present um, to herself, she started running and she has since completed three marathons, three team relays, which I was a part of. (laughs) (laughs) And countless half marathons, 10Ks and 5Ks. Her favorite race is San San Francisco's Bay to Breakers and her ultimate running goal is to complete all six world marathon majors. So she's got two down and four to go. Ellen Jaffe Jones is a best-selling vegan cookbook health and fitness author. In fact, I have one of her books. This is one of my favorite books. Whenever somebody says it's too expensive to eat vegan and healthy and plant-based, I always recommend Ellen's books. So y'all, this is something to definitely get. Um, she is a sought after speaker at VegFest, food fest, health fairs, book festivals, and many other venues. One fun fact about Ellen, which um, is on her website, she held a plank at the Tampa Veg Fest for 10 minutes. 
So that is amazing. And then Ellen, I, I'm sorry, I have lost track of how many races you've completed in one because you are racing literally like every weekend. So can you <laughs> just share that? Just my little addiction. Um, <laughs> so it started um, in about 2011 after Eat Vegan came out and I'd been doing some races and somebody came up to me as I was wearing my Eat Vegan on $4 a day racing shirt, which I had specially made just to be a running banner kind of thing. And somebody goes like, yeah, right. You can't run on a vegan diet. And I'm going like, watch me. So it just became like this obsession to just try and enter as many races as I could. And, you know, my age now, it's kind of just about showing up. Um, not totally, because there are some fast women in my age group, but um, it just became this mission to do that. So I'm at 235 5K or longer races for my age group that I have placed in, not just entered, but placed in. So that usually means the top three in the age group, which they're five-year increments. Uh, if you're familiar with racing, uh, generally speaking, it, it works that way. So sometimes I've, I've placed in 10Ks and I even placed in a half marathon once. Um, I've done two full marathons and 13 half marathons. And then the rest of these are just mainly 5Ks. Yeah. But I also got um, a gold medal in the U.S. National Senior Games in sprinting because I, I really am much more of a sprinter. Uh, I can smoke it in not the 100 and the 200, but getting into those mid-range distances, uh, the 800 and the 1500, because nobody shows up for those. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And if you don't mind saying, what is the age group that you run in? Oh, I was wondering when you'd ask. So 65 <laughs> to 69, I'm going to be uh, 69 in November. So when you're in the oldest part of the age group, you don't place as much, which, you know, sometimes disappointing. But runners are the only group of people who say, I can't wait till I get uh, till my birthday, till I get older. Because, you know, next next age group, I'll be in a 70 to 74. Uh, I'll really that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's amazing. Great. That's great. All right. So I thought we've got like a list of barriers that we've come up with. And I thought we, this is just kind of an informal thing and we'll go through as many or, you know, and others if, if they're not on the list. So one of the barriers that, that often comes up um, is I'm too old. I'm too old to start running. Mm -hmm. What, any comments on, on that one? Well, I would just jump in, if you don't mind, and say you're never too old to start. Um, you know, walking is a great way to get into it. My fourth book is Vegan Fitness for Mortals, because at the time, the only fitness books out there were written by these young, bulky uh, bodybuilding types. And those are great. But, you know, I was just thinking we got to really reach out to folks who just want to get off the couch and maybe ramp up their running program a bit. So, um and what I found in my racing over the years, the people who do the best at races, generally speaking, I mean, this is kind of a, a, one of my generalizations, but often they're the people who just started because there's less wear and tear on their body. Mm. You know, I've got this high school trampoline injury that just won't quit. Um, and, you know, I put biofreeze and things on it because, you know, if, if I really want to numb myself out, but generally I like, I do like to be aware of my pain <laughs> if I have it, but just because it's the body's way of feeding back uh, to you what you need to be taken care of. And I know I've got a great uh, list of um, topics that we're going to cover and we can get into, you know, how to kind of squelch those little aches and pains, mm -hmm. but um, you're never too old, never too old. And, and runners, by the way, uh, I've read a lot of the Jeff Galloway books, and um, he talks about there is research that shows that runners generally, I don't like to make broad uh, assumptions, but generally they look younger than the rest of the population uh, yeah. as a whole. Oh, wow. Mm. I'm glad you brought up Jeff Galloway because he, um, he has a program, I believe. I, I don't have any of his books, but I've read some articles about him. And, um, it, and I think this is good advice for people who want to start running, regardless of age, is um, do sort of a, like a walk run program. So mm -hmm. start by walking and then kind of, you know, do a little bit of a light jog and then walk and a light jog and then just kind of build up from there. Um, and I think too, um, and Jeff Galloway, I guess, has some books and some articles that for people who might be interested in, in something like that. 
Yeah, for those who don't know, he was an Olympian, and uh, I think I've read most of his books. Um, in my my book on fitness, I um, kind of took it from where he started and actually have different levels of training programs based on evaluating whether you're a beginner, uh, intermediate, or advanced runner. Because I've also been a cross country, cross country and track coach for a local high school, and um, you know, what I would see is like these kids would just go all out and end up with shin splints and injuries. And my whole thing is finished without injury. I, I want to get to be a hundred yeah. and still be right. doing this. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Cersei, you want to take the next one? All right. So another barrier, um, we could jump right into and um, Cassandra, maybe you could elaborate on this or even Ellen, but this might even be cultural is, is a lot of, or maybe not is hair politics, like in terms of getting your hair sweaty or getting it wet in the rain. Um, and I know for me, I can, I'm guilty of this. I mean, I, I'll give you guys a little fast example. Um, Gigi and I met up for the first time in Atlanta and they had forecast rain all week. And so I was like, okay, Gigi, we're going to get out at 6 a.m. We're going to do this. And I said, but the forecast says rain. And Gigi's like, and, and I'm like, you're going to be just running in the rain. Like for me, that was a concept that I never, it never occurred to me that you could run in the rain. Like I just thought, okay, all things shut down. It's over. It's raining. That's it. And Gigi was like, oh no, rain's not going to stop us. And I just felt this sense of, all right, I got to figure out what am I going to do with my hair? I could wear a cap. She's like, do you have a cap or something? And, I, and I'm trying to figure this thing out. But the point is the sweat, the rain, I feel like a lot of times, especially even, you know, black women, especially there's this obsession with not getting the hair and that could be a hindrance. And I don't know if it's just black women, Ellen, you can jump in there with that, but is it across the board and how do we deal with that part? Well, as you can see, my hair is braided. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it is a very easy hairstyle with the running schedule I have. Yeah. Um, I was in the same boat as you before I started running. I had... <sighs> Um, my hair permed, so I would yeah. never really engage in any activity because I didn't want to sweat my perm mm -hmm. out. You know? Right. Like, the, the creamy crack. Yeah. But then <laughs> I went natural. Yes. Yeah, I went natural in 2013, 2012 or 2013 mm -hmm. um, because I decided that I did not want to let my hair dictate my activity mm. anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so I make it work because with running in the rain, it's inevitable. And it's mm -hmm. also a way to prepare yourself for race day. If you have a race and it's raining, you know, and that's the first time, you know, you're running in the rain. So it's also kind of, you know, a training mechanism. To yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, I switch between braids and other manageable styles that, you know, are compatible for, you know, whatever training cycle I'm in. If I'm ratcheting up the distance like mm -hmm. I am now. I'm in braids. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. So it sounds like you're, um, you're working the hair around your exercise instead of working the exercise, exercise around your hair. hair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that's why you always see this. Like, I yeah. don't, I just, I don't, it's just, just throw it up and be done with it. I don't, you know, I don't blow up my hair out or anything or, um, I used to blow dry it straight a lot when I was younger, um, but now it's just throw it up in a ponytail. You know, I put like a leave-in conditioner thing in there and then throw it up. But yeah, you don't see my hair change very often. So yeah, Ellen, so you keep your yeah, your hair looks pretty cute, Ellen. Your hair there looks cute. pretty it cute. Well, this is the longest it's been in a year. This is my uh, COVID cut. Um, but you know, I live in Florida and, um, I actually grew up and worked and lived in St. Louis for a lot of years before I moved down here. And people who have lived in both places will understand when I say I would take a Florida summer any day of the year over St. Louis, where there's like hardly no wind, bad air quality, uh, here, you know, you always, always have a breeze, but yeah. both still have comparable humidity. 
Yeah, and, um, the humidity. So I just feel it's, you know, I, I decide what my hair looks like based on how I feel. I've learned in my old age that that's the most important thing. And it just feels even this is long for me. If you if you Google me, you'll see all kinds of images and colors of hair, um, especially going back 20 years. And some of those I mean, I, my hair was down to here and it is just thicker than than thick. And so uh, when I was when it was long and I was running, I would put it up. Not, I couldn't get it up in a bun like that, but definitely, you know, just yeah. they, I had a whole car full of elastics. And um, they, the cool thing in, in Florida is there are a lot of outdoor showers. So when I work with uh, training clubs, uh, running clubs here, you know, we all shower up at the beaches where, you know, you just bring your own shampoo and in your clothes, of course. And because um, they're, they're outdoors, they're not inside. So you, know, you just find ways of making it work. And I just really encourage you to, I mean, you'll just, the big phrase of listen to your body, whether it's, you know, the aches and pains or what feels good. The main thing is getting out the door. Um, you know, I, my boyfriend is also a runner. And, you know, lately we've been having these talks about, well, honey, you know, you got to put your clothes out in the morning uh, or the night before so that in the morning you have no excuses uh, to not get out the door and just little hacks like that that'll work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I'm glad you said that. Let's talk about that because, um, you know, sometimes it's, it, we can, we can fabricate excuses, right? Like, let's say you intend to run the next morning. Um, I, you, what you just said in terms of putting your clothes out is kind of, part of that visualization of you actually running that morning. Mm. Um, what, I guess, what are some, some excuses that maybe you've said to yourself or that you've heard or that, um, you know, that people can come up with for not being physically active? Like, like you know, as far as not getting up and doing that run the next morning. Um, I think one that I've heard is like, oh, it's raining out and we talked about that, but what are some other ones? It's too dark. It's too cold. Yeah. It's too um, hot. It's too hot. <laughs> In Alabama, yeah. sometimes it is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I posted recently, um, I had just come in from a rain run and I don't even remember what the post was about, just soaking wet. And I mentioned how it was just a, a, a slosh fest and um, several people jumped in and maybe this is an age factor. They said, I love to run in the rain. Um, it cools you off. It's just this, if it's not too hard and pelty, right. it's just like this little tingly experience. And there's this one park, it's like running in a rainforest here. And, you know, if you, if you disconnect from the, uh, electronics, yeah. you know, the sounds that you can hear and the sights as a result that you, you see, it's just, it's, it's surreal and, and a lot of fun. You really connect back to nature you get grounded yeah definitely yeah and for those watching on the live feel free to post a question if you have one i know we've got a few people on here right now watching um including marie who we profiled um she's uh, she started running at at 70 years old so she's kind of a testimony yeah um, for this topic so yeah um feel free to post a comment or question if you have one um do you want to you want to go to the next uh, next barrier, Cersei? Or yeah, sure. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what I love about the running piece outside is that it's free. You know, it's free. It is the sunshine. You you don't have to sign up. You don't have to do anything. But some of the barriers that some people talk about is what about if you're dealing with trying to lose weight and you find that it's it's kind of difficult or you feel like maybe I'm too heavy or maybe my joints, you know, talk a little bit about that barrier for a lot of people who want to run, but kind of feel like maybe physically I'm not in shape enough to run. So it's almost like this catch 22. Well, I can say, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Um, well, here in Birmingham, you know, we have the good fortune of having just ton of different running groups and track clubs and all things like that and every club I think here in town has different groups for different paces so there's a walkers where it's just the walkers there's a walk run group all the way up to the super elite speedy people and so finding kind of your tribe 
you know, who are on the same level as you, I think is very helpful. So you don't feel so alone. And in that, you know, you have that accountability. And that also helps you to maintain a routine because, you know, you have that group there and that y'all are, you know, improving together, you know, striving together. So I think that's very helpful in terms of having a local group that you can, you know, get into who have the same goals and is on the same fitness level as you are. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, yes, there are, uh, where I live here, let's see, I've been on the board of the Bradenton Runners Club, the Lakewood Ranch Runners Club, um, there's this Minnesota Track Club that has, and many of these groups sponsor races, so they have training runs that you can, you know, just show up at different, uh, not in different times of the day, so if you work, it can be at night, or Saturday and Sunday mornings, um, you know, my favorite one was running the beach, uh, you don't actually run on the beach, but a sidewalk next to it. And then they all go out to eat afterwards, or in some cases, um, they have, they start them at um, craft beer places. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I drank beer once after running and like uh, my stomach ballooned out to like nine months pregnant. And I, I just can't understand the thing about beer and running, but it seems to be very much a thing. Um, so whatever works for you, whatever motivates you, uh, but there is, some, and again, some of the things I've read about, you know, we are pack animals and running with a pack is just an amazing experience. You often lose track of time, distance, and before you know it, you've run 13 miles and uh, it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, um, Cassandra and I met, um, well, we were part of an organization in Jackson, Mississippi called Black Girls Run. And they're all around the country. And, and there's also there's several different running groups. I mean, you could just go to Facebook and probably just do a search on running groups in the city that you're in and find a group to join. Um, so it's, I, I agree. I think running is such a great social activity. I mean, for me, it's such a social outlet. I've had some of the best experiences in my life just running with people. And it, and it was, it's not about, you know, we're, we're not in it to win it, right, Cassandra? That's right. We are not in it to win it. We're, we're, Alex, like, she got Alex something to say like, about that. She's like, Alex you guys like, are playing. Okay. She's like, look at all this behind me. I know you got look at my bling in the back. <laughs> but it is it's so much fun. It is so much fun. And, and um, you know, I think, um, I think that, um, oh, and we do have a question here. I wanted to um, to ask uh, the panelists here, but we it, it, it's so much fun. I have so many fond memories and people that I would not have crossed paths with had I not, you know, just run taken- into them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Run into them, yeah. Run into them, yeah. So question, question is, um, uh, I have difficult, a difficult time getting my breathing rhythm down you have any helpful hints? So when, uh, when she's running, just kind of getting that breath rhythm so she can kind of do a steady state run. Any, any suggestions on that? So, uh, and I should also say I was a Rogue Runners Club of America certified coach um, uh, before I let my certification expire during COVID, which kind of upset everybody's apple carts for a lot of different reasons. But, um, you know, there are different methods where, you know, you can count the number of seconds as you breathe in and then exhale. But, you know, I've personally found that that's just a little too technical. And um, it, again, I, I'm one of those who maybe others are different, but I completely zone out when I run. And I love, love, love music. Um, so I have I have far too many. I mean, you know, I've got everything Apple. These are their latest uh, headsets. Um, <laughs> and I just got a message. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah. Because it just said it was <laughs> connecting to the, the headset. But, um, you know, two sets of these and when the battery is down. But um, I actually have the earbuds that loop over my ears because I get so sweaty. Yeah. With these other yeah. earbuds just slide out by the first mile. So the ones yeah. that hook on the back, um, and you can get them really cheap, and it doesn't have to be Apple, but um, I have, I don't know, 3,000 songs on my playlist. Um, I just 
you know, you can get apps that ramp up uh, certain beats per minute if you want to speed up your music or slow it down. But, you know, over the years, I've just created different playlists. So I have one for a 5K, one for a 10K, one for half and full marathons. So I can, you know, plan out my whole run based on music if I want to do that. And, you know, that's just um, something that helps me get out the door and, uh, and especially if it's cold or windy, it protects your ears too. Yeah. Just to ask a little more on the breathing tip. When you're oh, running, are you supposed to be, oh, he's in the headphones. Can yeah, you hear me now? Okay, there you go. So when you're running, are you supposed to be breathing through your nose, your mouth? What, what is the concept there that's most efficient for bringing oxygen to the body? Yeah, I think most of us, if we are straining, it's going to be all through the mouth. Mm -hmm. right um you can try the nose but uh i found it just usually doesn't work <laughs> anybody else no i'm i'm right in the same boat with you ellen yeah yeah i i think um i i mean i think if i'm going at a really slow pace i can do the nose but if i'm like if i'm going hard i i can't just go through the nose it's it's got to be all mouth <laughs> I can't get the air in there quick enough. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> there are these nose strips you can buy. I had a friend who did this, but I've oh, never yes. tried it, but it opens up your nasal passages more, but I don't know. It doesn't feel quite natural. So yeah. but whatever works, you know, whatever yeah. works. Yeah. All right. Another question. How many days um, should you start with? So like if you're just starting a running routine, how many days a week? um is appropriate usually I think that's dependent I guess uh, on the person I guess for me starting out um it was like three days a week mm -hmm. and then I you know kind of ratcheted it up right now I run like four days a week so I just think that's dependent on you know what you're capable of doing in the beginning mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, you? I think, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, what about you? How many, how many days would you recommend? Well, I, I've been a runner and a vegan for the better part of 40 years. So it has changed quite a bit, uh, depending whether I'm pregnant. <laughs> um, and I, I put it on hold during that time. But, um, you know, I used to run every day. And uh, the only injury I've ever had was during the barefoot phase um i thought i'd read all the books talked to all the right people there even were some vegan barefoot runners but you know your your muscles get used to a certain thing over decades and certain muscles atrophy so you can't really just go out the door after being in a shoe for 20 or 30 years and expect that your body's not uh, is going to cooperate so i stress fractured my third metatarsal arch but that's the only injury you know what you, i would consider you, to be serious you, you did barefoot running like for real like nothing on your feet or was it like sandals oh no no it was barefoot on the beach because I thought, you know, the beach just feels so good. And, mm -hmm. you know, I want to be, what was the movie? Uh, Chariots of Fire, where, you know, these guys were running on the beach. And, you know, I'm just yeah. like, pipe that song up a little bit louder, please. Um, so, yeah. And then I would go back to my shoe running on the streets. And that's what did me in. I was toggling back and forth too much right. and not right. um, being consistent. So, you know, learn from my mistakes. But, uh, yeah, it's... Um, I think the run walk method is really good. I mean, Jeff Galloway claims to have patented that, that or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, we, our bodies just naturally do that. And in my book, I just focus on gradually increasing the ratio of running to walking so that you do finish without injury and that you don't overdo it or burn out. Um, and, you know, right now at my age, I'm, doing, uh, I'm running every other day generally, or sometimes I wait two days. It depends if I'm racing too, because I always want to take a day of rest before the race and then uh, a day after. So uh, it's, it's just what your body is such a good feedback mechanism. You know, I grew up in the Jane Fonda area, mm -hmm. uh, era where, you know, it was like, feel the burn, work through it, you know, mm -hmm. tune out that noise. But, you know, nowadays we say, no, it is your body giving you feedback. So 
uh, you're not wimping out if you cut the run short or even if you don't finish the race, it's, it's okay. You know, you're really only competing against yourself. And I think that's the thing we as women, especially, you know, we just want to do all this nonsense. And um, <laughs> this has only been about, um, Jeff Galloway does have a book, Run Till You're 100. And that truly is mm. my goal. And I really yeah. like that book other than the nutrition advice, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another question. What's the best running shoes? Like, ah, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. I, I hear that one a lot. Yeah. Yes. I'll get my pen out. What's the best running <laughs> shoes? Yeah. I have two that I run in. I run in the Nike Pegasus and the Mizuno Wave Riders. Those are my two go-to yeah. shoes. Yeah. Not yeah. alternate between those. Okay. Yeah. Ellen, what about you? Oh, I was a Nimbus fan, Asics Nimbus fan for a lot of years because they had a lot of cushion and then Hoka's came out and um, they had even more amazing cushion and it was lightweight. And by the way, to do the background research in part for my, my fitness book, I worked at a shoe store, a, a running shoe store, Fit to Run here in Florida. It's a really big, I think they're national now. Um, just so I could learn everything. I didn't already know about shoes, even though I tried every one, but you know, runners are the only people who take off their shoes, right? And um, this is the Nike Zoom Fly, um, mm. the Zoom X, which guarantees supposedly that you will run 4% faster in a marathon. Uh, I, I, that's what I race in. And I'm not, should I tell you how much those shoes are? Yeah, uh, please. Go ahead. All right, so save your pennies, um, get a night job. the wear on this I mean oh, they, wow. they go fast so um so how do we deal with you know everybody pronates or over pronates in different ways so uh, this is what has saved my life my running life for 40 years if I don't use these hard orthotics in my feet my knees uh, are not happy, especially my left knee. So uh, this one, you can see it's been taped up. It's had a lot of love and wear and tear, um, even a little adjustment from the podiatrist. So I wouldn't have to spend another $400 on a new pair of orthotics. Um, you can try over the counter. Um, Atrix is the name of the, and they change company names. It may not still, I think Atrix is still in business, but those are soft inserts that you can use. And, um, you know, they're just not as, as uh, supportive as the harder ones. And actually, I should say these aren't really rigid hard. I mean, they do have some flexibility. I mean, that, yeah. that's the toe part, but even this part gives a little bit so that, you know, you're not like landing on concrete. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of a two to three times a week runner. Cause I, I'm, I focus a lot on cycling, but I, where Brooks, Cascadia, they're like trail shoes. And I've been wearing, I, I buy them like all the time it, and they change the style, but pretty much the same shoe. Um, I live in an area where there's a lot of gravelly hills and stuff. So I need the traction of a trail running shoe, but I, I run with it on the track as well. But uh, I'm not as hardcore as uh, you, Ellen and Cassandra, but uh, that, that's what I, that's the shoe I wear. <laughs> Right. And, and Sandra, do you have inserts as well for you? You have inserts? Yeah, I do. I wear inserts as well. So it's very yeah. helpful for me and my knees as well. <laughs> so tell us, I want to just dive into that a little bit. With the inserts, do you have to go to an orthopedic person and then they assess your feet or how, how does that play out? Yeah, that's, that's what I did. Um, I'm so old at the first of orthotics that I got, they were made out of cork. Mm. <laughs> and um, so, you know, the materials now are much, much better than in, in those early days. But yeah, they will, they actually, they're, I guess they're doctors, um, uh, orthopedic okay. or orth orthotists. I mean, there's different levels mm -hmm. of uh, certifications and, and all that. Um, but they have to write a prescription. It's actually considered a prescription for the orthotic. And then some places will make it right there or you have to take it somewhere. You can even do mail order. I, I actually looked into that at one point, but that, you know, I decided not to do that. Um, Cause it's nice if there was this one place I was driving like 90 miles north uh, into Tarpon Springs, Florida, just because I love this um, podiatrist that I was going to. Mm -hmm. And if things start, didn't start to, uh, if it started to kind of like 
fall out of my knee was hurting a little bit, you know, he would use this hair dryer to heat it up and change, the, you know, reshape and mold the uh, orthotic. But now these, I don't know if it's the materials have just changed. Um, I haven't had to do that in probably the last uh, seven or eight years. Okay, wonderful. So I think this is a good segue because I think you guys are talking about the inserts to talk about how to avoid injury, right? How to how to run in a way that will ensure that you lessen the risk of getting any type of injury or your knees or whatever. So the, the inserts in the shoe is, is one way to protect your knees. What else can you say is a good way to kind of protect yourself and be ready to run to avoid injury? For me, aside from, you know, a couple of rolled ankles, I've been without injury for the most part. And I credit that to strength training, mm -hmm. which I do about twice a week. Um, it's just, I feel like it has changed the game for me because mm -hmm. it helps, you know, correct any muscle imbalances. And it also helps you make a, you know, helps you become a better runner. You're more efficient. Mm -hmm. um, with that strength training part of it. So for me, incorporating that in my routine, because at first I was just running. And then when I mm. uh, moved back home here, someone was, one of my friends was saying, hey, you really need to start strength training. Cause you know, that can help, you know, prevent injury. She had had her experience with a bunch of injuries. She started strength training. She saw that she had less, she was less prone to injury. So I think that has, you know, improved my running by far and helping me not get hurt mm -hmm. yeah. yeah really good points um so on my youtube channel i have um a separate running channel and part of that shows the dynamic warm-ups and the uh more static stretches uh at, that i always do at the end of my run and I learned this when I was, um, I was the assistant coach at the high school and the head coach did all these. And, you know, we would spend like uh, 30 minutes warming up uh, before we actually did, um, we, would, we would do like a light 20 minute jog first, maybe a mile, and then um, do the, stat, the, the dynamic warmups. And um, then when my daughter, she's five foot tall and she broke the high school track record for pole vaulting mm. um and that got her a full ride scholarship to uh university of southern california on their track team where she was in ncaa and all that fun stuff which was like just cool. this um whole thing that and i had an uncle who broke the high school track record so there's probably some genetic uh component mm. fast twitch slow twitch muscles and we're definitely a fast twitch family um but just knowing those things you know helps you like I always start a race and I go out fast and people say, oh, you shouldn't do that. And it's like um, at the national senior games, I ran into a coach who said, you know, if that's where your speed happens, you know, if you can do that, you, again, listen to your body. If that works for you, go for it. I mean, I've seen injuries happen at the finish line a lot where people are so tired and they think they got to pile it on and really push forward. And, you know, sometimes that can be, you know, you just, you think you can do it. And you know, it's always this brain game of trying to figure out, do I listen to that voice in my head that's saying to go all out or should I hold a little bit back? So that's only a decision that you can make, whatever that looks like. But um, the dynamic warmups are things like uh, walking lunges and twists and skipping with you know, wide arm circles and then uh, small arm circles and um, then you know, over and under the fence um things where you're stretching like you're leaning picking blueberries you know you take three steps and then um you know scoop your arms up uh just things like that that sort of fire up the muscles you're going to be using for running and then afterwards and it doesn't matter if you stretch right then or you just do it some at some point during the day you know usually there's going to be awards and partying and all that so you may not want to do it like as soon as you finish running but some point during the day Doing, they're just basic like yoga stretches and things like downward dogs, um, you know, stretching out your ankles, um, uh, you know, just hip, hip flexor twists, um, pigeon. That's, that's my favorite. I love that one after a race. It's like, oh, oh I've right. got my hips back, you know. So that all that I think is just really critical. Uh, forgive me for going off on that rant, but that's just a, a really important thing, I think, for staying injury free. 
Yeah, and, and uh, Ellen, we'll, we'll include a link to your YouTube channel um, on the replay and uh, in the notes when we post this on YouTube, but about how long is a warm up? Like, how long would you recommend someone warm up before running? Um, ideally, like for before a race, uh, it's good to get all that done an hour or so before the race. So your body has some time to recover and rest. I mean, you don't want to go all out in the warm up and not have anything left for a race. But just generally speaking, a warm up should be, you know, to include all these dynamic warm ups. It's about 20 to 30 minutes. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. And then a cool, cool down. What about a cool down? What's a, a proper cool down for y'all? Well, just, you know, continuing to walk throughout the day, you know, the, what, the worst thing you should do is like lie down on a couch. Right. <laughs> so just keep those muscles going. I love, we have a, an abundance of jacuzzis and hot tubs here. And I just love to plunk in one of those or better still the ocean, the runner's clubs, you know, that was like the, the kind of the ritual of just finishing a run and then jumping in the Gulf of Mexico, preferably when it's warm enough, but um, you can do it any time of the year here. And when it's cold, that's supposed to be good for you too. Although um, I worked in Des Moines, so I really <laughs> don't care if I see anything below 60 degrees again. So, so, so what about someone who they're starting out with running and maybe they have like an hour, a couple times a week to run? How would they how would you suggest that they break that up? Because I know you said 30 minute warm up. Would they make a 10 minute? Like, how would you break up that, that hour to use it? If you have an hour for a couple days a week and you're saying, hey, what can I do with this? Um, you know, it doesn't have to be rocket science or complicated. And certainly that's what I did when I first started running yeah. up until the time I was a high school assistant coach. So, um, but it's basically, you know, the classic runner stretches that you do afterwards, you know, hands against the wall with your, mm. your ankles um, stretching and, you know, the, the quad stretch. Um, you know, it can be just like three or four cool down stretches that work for, you know, butterfly, you know, where you're sitting on the ground with your knees apart. Um, and then, you know, the warm up. I'm amazed. I am blown away actually at races about how few people warm up. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm glad Cassandra, you are nodding in agreement because it's just, it's such a prescription for injury the, the president mm. of our running club, um, he was all, you know, excited because he was doing marathons every single month mm. and, you know, never warming up or cooling down. And I just knew this was a train wreck waiting to happen. And sure enough, the last time we had a conversation um, of any degree, he said he was just hoping to be able to walk enough to go with his wife on a trip to Europe. So, I mean, I like to think long-term here and it's just, if you can get in a 10 minute warm up before you run, mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's fine. Okay. Um, you don't have to go all out. <laughs> gotcha. Awesome. All right. So another question, um, should you run on a full or empty stomach? I guess uh, it's just a question of like how, oh, how you fuel yeah. yourself, but not mm. over fuel yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, something that each individual has to experiment with to find out what works for them. Uh, for me, I'm an early morning runner, so I go out and run on an empty stomach. For the exception of when I have my long runs, you know, I'll take some nutrition with me, like a goo or a huma gel or something like that. But for me, um, I rarely eat before a run. But of course, you know, when it's a race, I will, you know, have, you know, a banana or, or a bagel for those long races. But for me, it's an empty stomach works best. Okay, what about you, Ellen? What works for you? When I was a young girl, um, <laughs> I used to run on an empty stomach uh, with a little bit of coffee. Um, and, you know, that worked in my 20s and 30s. And then as I started aging up, um, I felt better uh, with like a half cup of cooked oatmeal, some blueberries. And um, before a race, for sure. 
And, you know, if I tried to do a half marathon without eating, I mean, you know, about mile five, I would hear and feel this um, revolution in my stomach. You know, my glycogen stores were failing and, um, you know, I just felt like I, I needed to have something. So um, I have used goo and those kinds of things um, for the longer races just to get me through it kind of thing. And then eat like a little piglet afterwards. Yeah. Because you can. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good one yeah I, I i know for me if it's under 30 minutes i can do an uh do an empty stomach but i usually will um either do like a a smoothie before the run or just a small bowl of oatmeal or something like that or some ezekiel toast with almond butter or avocado or something um not a big breakfast but just something to to get me through it. So, yeah, but you're right, Cassandra. I think each person has to just try what's going to work for them, see what, what their stomach can tolerate and just experiment. Yeah. yeah. So another question um, for, for, for running, because I know you said you're an early runner. What about the idea of safety and running in the dark? And because I know that could be intimidating in terms of, okay, I want to start earlier, but the sun hasn't even come out. What are some, how do you think to address that if you want to be an early runner, but there is the dark, you, maybe you're running alone or uh, how do you guys navigate that piece? That's, well, for me, that's where pack running comes in. Mm. Um, I have, you know, a friend or two or three that we'll get together if we're trying to run, you know, we have a long run and we want to start at 4.30. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's still dark. Um, but yeah, just having for me those accountability partners, because I do not want to run by myself in the dark. And even, mm -hmm. you know, We've had, I had one instance where I was running with a group and a truck came by and we were running down the street and the truck turned around and was like creeping all alongside us. And we were like, what is going on? And it was just, you know, a guy that just wanted to, to holla. But, you know, for us at 4.30 in the morning, we're like, yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's, it's good that we were in a group, you know, because, mm. you know, God forbid yeah. one of us had been by ourselves. So for early morning runs, I tend to run, you know, with a group. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think that's great advice. When I started out, um, I was a TV uh, reporter and anchor. And so I had to get up early and do my thing. Um, and I, in St. Louis, uh, Monsanto had this big corporate office across from my apartment complex. And I would just run over there in the dark. I mean, it was beautiful. Um, but I look back on that and I think, and they, they put up security gates long after I stopped doing that, but I look back and I think it probably wasn't such a good idea, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, they have amazing lights. I just wanted to show you, this is my iPhone light. So, you know, you mm -hmm. can get like a headband that has one of these mm -hmm. lights on it and it, they're amazing. I mean, nothing like that existed when I started. Mm -hmm. So, um, in fact, I wanted to say earlier, we were talking about weather and, and different things. You know, I was so motivated to run. I read, um, the first book of running by Jim Fix, that was really the thing that got me motivated. And then, you know, he ends up dying of a heart attack while he was running, but he was also bragging in his book about how many hamburgers he chowed down. And so his heart condition had not been discovered. But back in those days, I was wearing Gore-Tex. And when they made Gore-Tex, it was like running in a suit of armor. It was very heavy and crunchy and noisy and, um, just not like the amazing running clothes that they have now. It's just mm. uh, really, really the improvements they've made. So with, um, you know, if you can run with at least one person, if you're going to run in a secluded area or a, a, a times of day where it's dark, just again, in, in my um, older years, I have made the choice not to run too much in the dark, just because it's harder to see little irregularities in the concrete. And you can, I have tripped over things, but I've also tripped over roots in the daylight too. Mm. So um, it's just a matter of focusing too. Uh, and as I say that tomorrow night, I'm running a race at night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, at least the, the street lighting is a lot better now, I find in places where, you know, years ago, maybe not so much. Mm. Yeah, I'd also say I know that um, that a lot of the running shops, you know, that sell the running shoes and whatnot, they also 
have recommendations on where to run. I find that finding a multi-purpose trail um, is usually a good place to run because, you know, sometimes if you're running through neighborhoods, people might not have their dogs secured and they mm. dogs might be coming out. And so um, there's also kind of that piece of it as well. Um, but um, I like the find your tribe and run with them because uh, there is safety in numbers. Mm. Um, I remember actually, Cassandra, one of the races we did um, where we were running at night and everybody had their headlamps on. And this one guy, this one guy stopped and said, can you tell all your friends to turn off their headlights? Because it's really bothering me. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if these people. But, but it was, the point was, is that we were seen, you know, and mm -hmm. the motors could see us. And so that's because there were so many of us mm -hmm. down on the road running at the same time. So, um, yeah. Funny. Wow. Okay, so let me. Um, we got. I think we got time for one more here, um, and then let's see. Um, you, we talked a little bit about injury. Um, I've had people say to me, and honestly, I, I felt this too because I I had a couple running injuries myself. I had. Um, I got plantar fasciitis. Um, when I was training for my first half marathon. And then I got um, a stress fracture in my left ankle when I was training for my full marathon. And how do you, how do you put aside, like how do you segment that you've got this injury and not take it to a place where, well, I'm just not built for running. Like, how do you, how do you, what, you know, what's kind of the mental thing that you all have dealt with in terms of overcoming the injuries that you have had? Um, you have to give yourself grace when there is a setback in your, in your running. Um, for me, I had surgery two years ago to remove fibroids. So it was like a you know, abdominal myomectomy. I was in the hospital for a couple of days and it took me a while um, to get back to a place um, with my running where I felt I needed to be. And in the beginning, I was hard on myself. And I'm like, well, after now looking at it in hindsight, you were recovering from a major surgery. Mm -hmm. It takes time to heal. It takes time to recover. And you have to give yourself some grace and listen to your body and listen to your doctors and listen to your physical therapist and just take that time to, to heal and to also engage in other activities mm -hmm. that aren't running that will you know, be helpful and, you know, make you strong and make you fit. So for me, it's giving yourself grace, listening to your healthcare professionals, because I know we as runners sometimes have a very hard time listening to our doctors. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I joke, I put more physical therapist kids through college than I care to admit. Um, <laughs> but they have totally saved my life. Uh, I've been so fortunate to have some good doctors who, you know, are not, you know, let's, let's take that knee out. Although I hear that the new knees actually work better than the old knees and hips as well. Um, but I'm not really willing to try that experiment. Um, but just, you know, places like that can be really helpful. And uh, you, you just, I, I keep coming back to listen to your body mm -hmm. and um, don't tune out what, you know, sometimes it is a brain game and you have to just kind of push through some challenges that you might have, but you just, if you don't want it to become so serious and any pain that's like in the bottom of your foot or um, even your knee, it's, you got to listen to that and figure out what the cause is and, and get at that. Um, and, you know, we haven't talked much about diet, but, you know, a plant-based vegan diet is very anti-inflammatory. And over the years, you know, I, I say when people ask me how long I've been a runner and vegan, you know, I, I say the better part of 40 years, because I actually had doctors when I was pregnant saying, you're going to cause brain damage to your unborn child if you don't drink whey protein. And it's like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> the fluids of another species, we got to be drinking that. I mean, in, 
so without you know going down that rabbit hole too much, um, it has been, um, I think one of the reasons I've been, I don't get arthritis very much um, compared to other women my age, especially in that the age group where I'm at now, that five-year age group, I see a lot of women dropping out, um, whether they've been a runner for a shorter period of time or a longer period of time. But especially if they've been at it longer, you know, they may have different issues that are uh, interfering with them being able to continue to run. So just uh, also run on soft surfaces anytime you can, natural surfaces. You know, think about what did mother nature intend? What are we supposed to be doing out here? Um, it's, it can be challenging to run on grass because there can be hidden holes. So you have to watch out for that. But things like that we have here, uh, crushed shell surfaces, uh, a combination of sand and rocks, um, and just in the woods, you know, if you can get to the parks, um, I prefer to run on in, in places where they don't, or we're not sharing the road with bikes because, you know, we don't necessarily look out for each other. And there is one park where I have run where they have cyclists and, you know, it can be a little treacherous during uh, peak season here when we have a lot of people mm -hmm. at our parks. But I think, you know, the park system here has expanded hugely over the last 10 years. And I guess it's that way. I'm hoping it's that way everywhere. So just, you know, check out your local parks for ideal places to be. Yeah, I appreciate what you said about the source of the pain, because um, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the foam roller. Um, I found that when I have a knee pain, I the first thing I do is I get on the foam roller. And if it goes away, then that I know that's what the source of it was. I had some kind of tightness, you know, somewhere along the, the quad or, or IT band. Um, but it's important to kind of kind of troubleshoot where, you know, why do you have that pain? Um, so you can really get to the root cause of it. Okay, so um, do you want to just go around and do final comments? Yeah, final, final comments. I mean, and what you could add in there is since we've just kind of put a nice bow on it for someone who is interested in running, who's running, what would you guys say as you close out with any final tips you have, but also what are some of the major benefits you would say to running that would be intriguing to someone listening, plus whatever last tips that you have? Uh, one of the benefits is that it's a huge stress buster. <laughs> and, you know, being, I guess, in the line of work that I'm in, it's an outlet for me to de-stress and also be creative. Because sometimes while I'm running, I'll be thinking about something mm -hmm. and it'll pop up and it'll be like, oh, I'll stop and put it in my phone to think about later. Um, so that's been beneficial for me just for my overall health and just mental well-being. Mm -hmm. Running has been immensely helpful. But as far as any tips or comments I'll leave the audience with, it's definitely your race, your pace. I believe that was one of the Black Girls Run slogans when mm. you know it first started when we were in Jackson, uh, Gigi. But I think a lot of people are kind of hesitant to run sometimes because they're trying to compare themselves mm -hmm. to you know an elite, super fast runner. And it's really not about that. It's kind of your own journey of mm. you know self improvement and also just the relationships that are cultivated from running mm -hmm. and the experiences that are cultivated from running that Gigi spoke to earlier is really, you know, uh, what it's about. It's mm -hmm. not, you know, necessarily about, it, it is about, you know, if you want to lose weight, you want to improve your health, but then there's all these other benefits from it that I didn't even realize would come when I first started running. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Thank you. Um, I think everybody's just made really great points and I, um, just would encourage you as Nike slogan is out there, just do it. Um, it's the rewards are too numerous to mention and Cassandra really hit on, uh, the stress relief, especially in these past times. I mean, anytime I've had issues with a relationship or, um, you know, I need some creative juices for a job project. I just go out for even a 20 minute run. Um, and this is interesting. I just, um, you know, when COVID hit, my speaking tour came, came to an end like that. 
uh, things are starting to open up a little bit again in Florida with veg pests and stuff. But um, so I started doing real estate and, um, you know, I would go out on the class breaks and just run around the parking lot and people thought I was nuts, <laughs> but it is just, it, it helps. It's like it reboots your brain. And the creative process is is so amazing. Um, you just have great ideas, and um, it's you know running on the beach is like this out of body experience. You become one with the birds. I mean, you know, your mind goes to really fun places like that. And I just encourage you to. It's it, it's we've mentioned it's it's just so cheap. I mean, it's free except yeah. when you start doing that. Yeah. <laughs> but even still, I always say, I never have any regrets about entering a race because I, I my, if you don't know my story, you can Google it, but mom and post sisters had breast cancer. We were part of the BRCA1 and BRCA2 gene studies. I'm the only adult female without it. And they all had heart disease and diabetes. So I always say a race fee is much cheaper than bypass surgery or mm. you know, many of the other. And, and that's the main benefit is how healthy not only you stay, but how healthy you feel. And so people, you know, when I tell them that I'm a runner, they go, ooh, my knees. And, you know, I go, my knees are fine. And um, you just have to, don't listen to other people when they give you negativity too. Just mm. stay positive and know that this is really the best, one of the best things you can do for your body and for the people in your lives. If you need to be healthy and available for them, you need to be healthy and strong and uh, stick with the program. Yeah, wonderful. All right, well, thank you both so much. We really appreciate you. And um, for those watching on the replay, feel free to post comments and questions as you watch this. Um, thank you again so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Healthy For My Purpose podcast. We hope you enjoyed the community and are walking away empowered and encouraged to live your healthiest life for your God-ordained purpose. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram to enjoy fellowship with like-minded women. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this on iTunes. Until we meet again, keep honoring your body for your purpose.